Welcome to the latest edition of the Shook Race podcast with me drinking out of a damn bottle of ocean spray juice with your host, Shukri Writes. I don't know. It's Friday night. I'm recording this podcast because I love baseball and I and I thoroughly really enjoy my the guests I have back on for the first time in six months. But my phone stopped buzzing, please, as that's been the operative word all all afternoon, literally since the last. How long? Four hours, four hours. Anyway, Emily from Break Balls Podcast. She's back on. What's going on, Emily? Don't mind me. I'm having I'm having a moment. I'm drinking out of an ocean spray bottle. Like I ain't got no damn class. So here, here, here it is. I wouldn't have told anyone if you didn't. Oh, wait. Do you show the video? I can't remember. I think you're just gonna which see video? it. Which video? Do you record this video? Yeah, like, of course. It? It's on you, it's going, okay. it's going on YouTube. YouTube, case, you can watch it. Ah, see, <laughs> that's how you do some promotion. That's how that's exactly how you do it. There you go. There you go. Like I know how, I love this thing. Is that made of metal or is that yeah, it's a yeti. Oh, so like they just like etched the logo in here. I've never owned a yeti, so I'm I'm like oh, completely dude. I'm completely out of the club on that one. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> I couldn't recommend it enough. I'm about to buy one and send it to you because it is literally the best cup of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah, I since I've gotten these, I now have two. Yeah. Um, I don't use anything else. Seriously. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, my main my main cup I use around the house is this mug. This mug here. It's, it, chill, for, 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 for the for the audience, for that's us on audio side, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening. Take a chill pill. That's literally <laughs> it. I really should not be looking this dark on camera. Like, so I'm gonna change that somehow, some way, and see if I can even turn on this other light here. Huh. Yeah, a little too bright, but should be a lot more visible. Yeah, there we go. Is that see- like a, a sound thing behind you? Oh, that green screen? Yeah. yeah. Hold up. That's a good idea. I don't even think I have enough of uh I don't even think I have enough of um light to even like try to mess around with this green screen. It works, it's worked on other podcasts. In fact. What the heck am I doing? I realized now you brought attention to it without even me realizing it. Like there, there was something absolutely missing. I have to, I have to do something about that. And here I am. Don't mind me, Emily. I'm making a complete ass Please. out of myself. Like what the heck? But uh, all right, listen, I am pressing the wrong button. I'm supposed to press the arrow. I'm pressing. I'm trying to press the arrow on the side of zoom where it says start video. Instead, I'm pressing the actual camera icon like like I have. I know I have enormous fingers and all. What what the hell? I promise I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm, I'm really not. I'm I'm literally having a I moment. It. I am having a moment like I don't know what else is there to describe it, except man with large fingers. Hi, <laughs> struggles to press a small button. It's like me struggling to type type like with large hands. On those small little QWERTY buttons back in the day? Yeah, I know we're getting oh, old. Yeah. Excuse us. We had to push it like three times to get to the letter. Oh, God. That's exactly what I'm going through at the moment. 
There we Whatever. go. I'm glad to have gone to have been in high school and college when those phones were still it because you could oh, easily look at the front of the room and still like text somebody mm-hmm. and have no clue where now I'm just my fingers just all over the screen with no <laughs> clue as to where anything is. Oh, God. And also, I'm not in school anymore. So I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, consider, oh, consider nice. yourself very uh, fortunate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so kindly. I didn't know we were going to have a full, full theater audience here. Yeah, I, I knew I was forgetting something. Something was completely <laughs> off. So either way, um, now that hell has finally ended with the lack of baseball, and now we await madness in the form of the free agency period, how are you feeling about baseball finally being back? <laughs> I haven't been this happy in like two days in a row in months because it's been it's been brutal and not you know obviously i know like there's it's not like we missed games there's no baseball games in the off season but yeah i don't really like you don't i I totally took for granted even just bs rumors from uh any sort of like a reporter or anything that happened during the hot stove even if nothing just Mm -hmm. the chatter like the fact that there was nothing and the only thing was really boring and dry labor dispute and nasty labor dispute stuff like it was just soul sucking like talking about that <laughs> fighting about it with people like oh i'm gonna need you to say that again soul sucking like soul sucking i mean <laughs> soul snatching i mean for, 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 for the audience <laughs> but i i get what you're saying yeah oh <laughs> oh my god Soul snatching. <laughs> That's quite the snow, the soul snatcher. It was, it was, and whatever you want to call it, it was fucking terrible. And terrible. I'm so happy baseball's back. I'm so happy that the hot stove is not quite as hot as they were telling us it was going to be, but things are starting yeah. to pick up a little bit. You know, it's wild. Um, when the news broke yesterday, Thursday, as I'm recording this podcast on a Friday night. I was like sitting right by the Boston Harbor and I did a video that was already, I was already publishing an online article. And I'm like, okay, how many times is this going to happen to me? Like, whereas guy who happens to have a following, he records a video and it gets quote, it gets published in some article by some guy or some, some publication I, I don't even know much about. I'm not even going to say that I never heard of it out of not trying to sound like a complete rude douche, but rather <laughs> I'm like, man, baseball is back. Thank God. Now it's almost like as if that spring feels normal again. And it's like, we have spring training games to look forward to beginning next week, mandatory reporting on Sunday for the, for the Yankees. At least that is, I don't know about the Red Sox locally, but man. But with that being said, I can't escape the the Freddie Freeman rumors that it's already circulating around Twitter, like 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 old grannies, old grannies, tidy whities that 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 just completely just shattered the internet and everyone's imaginations for the fact of the matter, or even their eyeballs, but. Freddie Freeman to the Yankees. Is that even realistic? Oh, 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 is this good old Yankee rumor just because 
it's the Yankees. They can afford Freeman. And hell, why not sign Carlos Correa? Why not have a have a spinning spree like 2009 all over again where we signed oh. Cesar Sabathia, AJ Bennett, and Martin Scherer? I mean, it, it's, it is definitely possible in that the Yankees have for lack of a better term at the moment, unlimited resources in reality. So anything's possible, but because of that, they're always used as bait. You know what I mean? That like, of course. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't they? It drives up the price. It drives up interest. So, and there's, there could be a place for him because I think the Yankees would be looking to move Voight. So I would imagine if they are going with a stopgap, you know, like moving Urshela to short, in a year for a year or two while they wait for Volpe or whoever, then I feel like they have to sign Friedman or they have to trade for Olsen because mm-hmm. you can't keep Void at first and have Urshela for a Boy, year or two. Didn't Void get traded today to the Rangers? Or, or was he, that some sort of a rumor? If he did, I totally missed that. Holy hold up, Lord. I'm about to actually I'm about to double check just to verify. Like I could have sworn I thought I saw something on Twitter about that. Luke Void. Hold up. No, I don't see anything. When I just Googled it, top stories don't have them as traded. Yeah, yeah, I, that was probably some rumor that I saw. Yeah, it was a rumor. Well, so you know, right now, if he was traded, you would know that all of a sudden Yankee Twitter Yankee would be acting t- like as if they traded Derek Jeter. Then suddenly oh, Luke Voigt is like, oh, everyone oh. loves everyone who's traded. Or oh, they traded away um, Aaron Aaron Judge for a, for a bag of peanuts. Oh, my God. Don't you bite your tongue. <laughs> Do not even put that out into the universe. I will end the Zoom call right now. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's in his contract year, so anything can go. I mean, but... They better but, extend that, man. <laughs> ser- seriously. Is that the number one concern for Yankee fans going into 2022 or what? Yeah. I mean, I'm not concerned. I, I think that there is no chance of them letting Judge walk. I don't think he sees free agency either. Um, you have to assume that they've discussed, you know, that this is an ongoing discussion with his agency and the team. And mm-hmm. so it's not like nothing, you know, we just, there's no news about it yet. Um, I would be surprised if he's not extended by at least July. If they go into the second half of the season. I'd be worried. Like, yeah. I would be a little worried, but I still think that they would, uh, they'd lock it down. He won't see free agency. That'll be a nightmare if he does. I'd be stunned. Like, yeah, I'd be if, beside myself. The fact that you even mentioned that if we get to July, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? J- July and Aaron Judge still not being extended. Sounds like the good old reason to stir the drink. Oh, what's going to happen July 31st if the Yankees going to trade away Aaron Judge? Like, eh, don't you, don't you freaking dare. Don't you dare. No do chance. This- <laughs> I mean, if they if they hadn't traded for Stanton and if they hadn't signed Cole, yeah. then yeah, I would see. I mean, I think Judge probably would have been moved by now. Oh, but for sure. It's clear that they brought in those guys to compliment Aaron Judge, to compliment Gary Sanchez, the guys Glaber Torres that had already been here. So mm. those moves and the same thing. That's why I, I'm really feeling like they're not going to just go with the stopgap shortstop because the same rule applies that. All right. Well, you're really gonna pay Garrett Cole another thirty-six million dollars oh, for, for sure. a potential punt year, where they're you know hopefully they make it in, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Waiting for someone who's a prospect for two or three years to maybe be a bust. I don't know. I you know it's it's that's me as a fan seeing it through like the eyes of a fan and not as the business side, which sucks. And we have just been 
right. like had shoved down our throats for the last few months, but it is a business thing too. So maybe they'll do it to save money. I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> I just, I just can't help but wonder, considering where we are now, where now we can talk baseball. Now we can talk business. We can talk contracts. Whereas I, I can't help but look at this Yankee team, let's say 2023. And Aaron Judge is not a Yankee. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you listen to R2C2 or what Ryan Rucco and CC Sabathia. Um, but occasionally, that, yeah. Like, but they had Aaron Judge extremely recently before the lock the, before the lockout ended, and I listened to the conversation, and it just seemed like, based on what Aaron Judge was was saying in that podcast, he was really kind of giving like that like that old fashioned friendly nudge, like <laughs> like <laughs> like that, where he was basically like he's he was like I'm I'm hopeful, like I'm hopeful the Yankees will you know, give me the extension. So for this, like, listen, he's going into his age 30 season. He'll be 30 years old next month. And this is the time. Like the guy is clearly the face of your franchise. It sure is selling Garrett Cole. It sure is selling Gary Sanchez. Could have been Gary Sanchez. Why the hell is this only Yankees is, is beyond me at this point. And as far as Aaron Judge is concerned, you look at Aaron Judge and you look at his value to the team. You forget the stats. We all know what the numbers look like when he's productive. I mean, he, after all, he had a pretty solid 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, he's can't say enough about him. He's one of the, he's a top five player in Major League Baseball. Exactly. Yeah. But now, is it possible that you see the Yankees this year? With the motivated Aaron Judge not only putting up MVP numbers, but finally getting the Yankees over the top. Because now I take these two major facets into consideration. Number one, you're finally having a healthy Luis Severino for the first time in three, maybe three years. Yeah, three years, three and a half years ish. That's huge because now you can definitely start him behind Garrett Cole. And then secondly, I'm also expecting big things out of um, out of um, Giancarlo Stanton. There's very little to believe that he won't be able to um, be a 100, 100 RBI guy again in that middle of that lineup, given that the Yankees, they're still stacked offensively, but they obviously have concerns at first base. But how do you see this like shaking out in terms of the Yankee lineup on, in 2022? You know, I mean, there's a lot of question marks that are hopefully going to get answered within the next 24 hours, you know, whether we'll know if they're going to get some guys or not. Um, I, hope I think so. you're, yeah. I, and I, it's, and I'm actually checking Twitter as, as you're talking. <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, anything. come on, break some, break some news already. Like, I know. And you're spot on in that the team, the team doesn't need much, you know, no. it's not like the, a lot of the major pieces are there to the point where mm. it looked like a ragtag bunch last year. You had a lot of guys regress for one reason or another, and they were still able to win 92 games. Now, obviously they were one and done in the postseason. You can argue that it wasn't even the postseason. Great it was point. game 163. It really was. Yeah. They were, they were still there and it was a down year for the team. So even if they, and obviously I, I would love Correa 
And I would also love Freeman, but I would, I would also be okay with story. I would love him. Like any Did of those you guys. See this tweet? What? John Morosi sources. The Dodgers are making a strong push and have officially offered him a multi-year contract. To who? Freddie Freeman. Freeman? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even bullshitting you. Like this is the tweet like right here. Shit. I'm not surprised. I heard that, you know, that someone else tweeted, I think that the Braves, oh yeah, Fox Sports, MLB, the Dodgers have offered Fre- Freeman a multi-year contract. Yeah. John wow. Morosi also tweeted this again, like also within the last 50 minutes as well. Yeah. So literally as, we, as we're talking about Freddie Freeman and, and, and a, a very few holes that the Yankees have, says this is why I, f- I, feel, I feel like, I feel like Dave Chappelle, when he's like, he's got that itch, he's got those cracked lips, like, I'm like, I'm like yearning for baseball news as, as we do this podcast. Like, I know it's overwhelming like, after nothing. From like, ser- now, seriously, it, 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 I hate to be that guy, but for the sake of entertainment, I'm going to be that guy. It's like you go through a dry spell and you finally get a little action. And then you're wondering, uh, I kind of need some more of that action. You know what I mean? Like, this is exactly what baseball fans are going through right now. Like, oh, to yeah. the T. No action for months. No action since the since the Braves, thankfully, won the 2021 World Series. Thankfully, on a massive Jorge Soleil mammoth home run. Now we got baseball to actually talk about. And Freddie Freeman may very well be a Dodger. That would be crazy. I mean, like I'd I die laughing. When is enough enough for the fucking Dodgers already? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I curse? They, yes, you. We had this conversation in the last co- the last podcast. The answer hey, is listen. yes. All right, so I'm, I'm a, a bit more, I'm a bit more milder because of obviously the new the new opportunity comes with new responsibility. So yeah, eyeballs will be on me now. Like, I don't worry. I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it. You can still be animated, but I'm not. I'm not worried about <laughs> that. But no, by all means, be yourself. Seriously, go ahead. How many players do the Dodgers really need? You know what I'm going to love? And maybe this is going to be, you know I'm going to knock on wood. Real, real quick. You know what my, that reminds me of? What? Remember when the Dodgers had that big trade with the Red Sox in 2012? When they acquired Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett. Yes. That's exactly what this kind of feels like in a way. The only difference, before you baseball fans start to jump down my throat, the only difference is, is that the Dodgers are already loaded at every position with the exception of shortstop, they lost Corey Seager to the Texas Rangers in free agency before the lockout started. So okay, that's Trey one. Turner. Ho- uh, and, and Trey Turner. So that's something that they're going to have to figure out. But this is kind of feeling like the Dodgers are like, hey, we got big baller money. We got money to spend. We're not here to spend dimes. We're here to spend the big, the big boy dollar. Give it up. Let's go. It's. Like, you know what I'm going to love and knock on my fake wood desk right here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to love when the Dodgers also bring in Freeman and they have a star-studded cast and they still don't win the World Series. That's like one of my favorite things about the Dodgers. Dodger thing that could happen. That was literally the tale of the Dodgers during the 2010s. That entire decade was literally... We'll get one star after the next. We'll get Adrian Gonzalez. Have him hit in the middle of that lineup. Still don't get past the NLCS. You still couldn't get past the Cardinals in the NLCS in 13 or in the the division series in 14. You couldn't get past the Mets in 15. And then, like, you you catch my drift. 
lost in five to the Mets. I'll never forget that. I remember my whole family, my brothers are Mets fans and stuff. So they and all their friends were watching that series. It was a lot of fun. And I'll never forget. Oh my God. And I'll never forget just being like the Dodgers are losing to the Mets. Like it was such an embarrassment. But honestly, Jacob DeGrom was a beast. This is before what Jacob DeGrom became what he is now, which is Un- unquestionably the best pitcher in baseball. Let's just put our biases oh, yeah. aside and let's be, let's be honest. Like he's the best pitcher in the game right now. Yeah. Without but, question. But man, that, that, that 2015 series was just pure comedy game five. It was like the only way the Mets can legitimately screw this up is if then manager, uh, I'm sorry. I'm having Terry a brain Collins. fart. Terry Collins. Thank you. Terry Collins says, we're going to go. So Jerry's Familia in, in the eighth and ninth inning and watch him implode like he's like he's done prior to the Mets getting freaking uh, Edwin Diaz. <laughs> Jerry's Familia. I remember him. He was a he had a got popped for PEDs three times, was yeah. suspended for life. But his life ban only lasted like a year. And then oh, MLB yeah. let him back in. Classic mm-hmm. MLB. This is wild. So I really Freddie want, Freeman I, negotiations expected to reach a conclusion in the next 24 hours and possibly by the end of tonight, I'm done. <laughs> kiss Dodgers, Freddie Freeman goodbye. Just, 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 just do it. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I wasn't even Freeman wasn't someone that I like have had my heart set on. Yeah. Over like the course of the off season or, or the lockout. So, so like, I'm not even going to be that heartbroken if he goes there. Plus the Dodgers are only a team that the Yankees would, potentially have to worry about if they meet in the in world October. Series. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like at that point, whatever. And if we're meeting them in the world series, then shit's gravy at that point. You know, oh, yeah. there, so oh, yeah. whatever, go, go to the opposite coast and the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to the best coast and still, and still take massive L's in October. Like I am, I am <laughs> just to the Padres. Seriously. I am like waiting. Mike Deportes, who the hell is that? Oh, I was gonna say okay. you can't stop dead in your tracks like that in free no, agency. So, so the my Cubs heart are, just sank. So according to Mike Deportes, um, he, the Cubs are unwilling to pay nearly three hundred million or above for Carlos Correa. So the Cubs are out on Carlos Correa, and plus, why the hell would they even go for Carlos Correa when they're halfway there on their way to a freaking rebuild? Let's call and they just, the speed. And they just signed Simmons, thank God. So and the Yankees are going to get him. Why, like, why were even Yankee fans clamoring for the idea of getting Anderson Simmons? Because Yankee fans are clamoring for the homegrown talent story with, um, you know, Volpe mm-hmm. or um, what's his name, Peraza as well Peraza, as Peraza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which, I, and listen, I'm not adverse to homegrown <laughs> talent at all. The core four, <laughs> Aaron Judge. I'm glad you're not. No, like, I love that. But, I love that with Aaron Judge because that was mm-hmm. the window. The Yankees, the old guard was done. A-Rod forced into retirement. Then Judge and company come up. Where now, like we said before, I just don't like waiting and hoping that it pans out. And then Great it's point. like, oh, you know? So uh, I will be disappointed, I have to admit. If they do mm-hmm. stopgap, and now, especially if they don't get Freeman, I will be very, very disappointed. It will be very, very tough for me to swallow the pill of trust the process. I will eventually, but it'll be a tough one. Mm -mm. And I'm a cynical New Yorker, so I can't help but feel like that's coming. I don't know. 
I don't know if cynical would be one to describe me. I'm more of I am prepared to be negative Willie on the Yankees this this <laughs> season if I need to be because because one I'm at a point now where I don't want to hear an excuse about the damn um, co- collective bargaining tax. I don't want to hear a damn thing about crying poor. When you have Steve Cohen outspending your ass, making your dad turn turn over in his grave. I don't want to hear a word about that. Like, for the sake of not getting into an irritated mood, just thinking about the idea that the Yankees won't even use their financial wealth, According to Sweeney Murray, and this is an interesting topic. I'm glad that I came across this. Yankees have now eight starters, eight in fold right now. Cole, we talked about. Severino, we talked about. But we, we didn't mention, sorry, we didn't mention about Jameis Talian, Jordan Montgomery. Also, don't forget about, about uh, Michael King and Nelson Cortez and Domingo Herman and, 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 uh, and Luis Hill. That's not bad, but... If you had to pick five out of those eight, and opening day is tomorrow, who out of the out of, out of out of those eight are you picking? I can go through the list if you need me to again. Um, I'm picking Cole, um, Severino, Montgomery, Tyone, and probably either Heel or Cortez. I think Cortez would be better as the as a swingman out of the bullpen. He could be a reliever, yeah. a long reliever, and yeah. I think I think that the like similar situation that the Yankees do with their DH, how yeah. it can be rotating. Yeah, uh, they've been doing that with the ro- with the rotation um, and mm. the bullpen the last few years. So I can see them sticking with it. And to be honest, you know, Nestor he earned his spot. You know, it's his spot to lose. I think because he really stepped up in 2021. Oh and yeah. mm-hmm. I think that um, he deserves a spot, or at the very least, he deserves to be in rotation, in the rotation with you yeah. mm-hmm. until he'll gets his stuff under control. Cause he has electric stuff. It's just his control at times. Like last season was one that was of concern. And it was like, you're, you're a young Pedro Martinez. And I know that's a lofty comparison to make You're a young Pedro Martinez, but without the control that he had. And how many I of those have there been? That's, you know, sure a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I can't help but to think that that if you're the Yankees, and for me, my my five would be would be pretty simple. I I would go with I go with the, the the obvious, and that is Cole Severino. And I've always felt that slots three, four, and five were really open for debate, but. After those two, Severino and Cole, I I would go with Talon. That's the third guy. Keep Montgomery at fourth, and I would take a chance with what Michael King at the as a fifth starter. But out of those eight guys, it's not a horrible predicament to be in, and I say this because. Let me remind baseball fans that this 2022 season, you're going to see a lot of doubleheaders, a few doubleheaders. When exactly that that remains to be seen, but you're going to get all 162 games. And on those days that you got 
you got those double headers, and then they did the days of seven inning double headers are done. By the way, oh God, that's a that's oh a thing of the past. So you're back to playing eighteen innings on a given day. You're gonna need those extra arms. So the Yankees are in that regard. They're not in a they're not in a bad position at all when it comes to arms. It's just who do you slot as your number four or five starter? Because that that kind of does matter as we've seen the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean. I- Fortunately, and I think the key for the Yankees this year is to is to hopefully get a little bit more length and to and to even see yeah. even if they rotate it slightly to get some more solid like this guy is our number four, this guy's our number five because we put too much they put too much on the bullpen because the bullpen is elite and yeah. then by September October they're gassed. So like mm. I, I'm really hoping that they don't you know, just throw in someone like Michael King or someone like heel who they know they're only going to get four or five innings from, and then do the bullpen the second half of the game because Chad green struggled last year. And it's because he was overused. Like any, a lot of the struggles that we see out of the guys in the pens because they're not being used properly. Not unlike, not unlike old man Gardner, like I'll Mm -hmm. clown Gardner and everything, but he was, he was starting every day because Hicks was hurt last year. So if he was used in the manner they anticipated, he wouldn't have been as bad, but I'm glad you brought starter. that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, cause that's now my next topic of discussion. Sorry. Get ahead Aaron Hicks, that man who signed a seven year, $70 million contract extension. It's coming off a major arm surgery. The big question I'll pose to you is, how like do what do you expect from from Aaron Hicks? And is it possible that he will in fact be able to return to pre-2019 or even yeah, I'll say 2018-19 form where he was able to at least do some sort of damage offensively? You know, yeah, I, I think that he is. He's he's still gonna have pop. Um, he's got the perfect swing for Yankee Stadium, so he's mm-hmm. someone that even if He's lost a little bit, and it would be a you know a, an F nine in twenty nine other stadiums. It's going to go out <laughs> in Yankee Stadium. So like this is like the perfect place for him. Oh yeah, and he gets on base. So it's it's not even so much about what he can do with his bat. It's about his ability to see the strike zone. And as long as he continues to get on base, that's what I care about. I don't care if he walks three times a game. He's supposed to get on base for Judge, for Stanton, for hopefully Correa or Story. Oh, jeez. Or... Oh no, <laughs> no. But I want you to finish because I have I'm having a first a first. Uh... How do I put this nicely? A first crying fest coming up shortly because I just saw something I didn't like from Sweeney oh, Murray. No. I'm not happy about, but please go ahead, continue. How am I supposed to continue after that? <laughs> first Yankees spring training game is March 18th. First home game is March 20th. But that's not the part that got me. Of note on the regular season schedule, the Yankees are no longer playing 635 weeknight home games in April. All weeknight games are listed as 705 starts. MLB is I like, how do we reach in, these kids by I having games in, in the middle of the week that I go till fucking hate it. I effing hate it. I effing hate it. I swear, seriously, those 635 starts were sneakily the best thing that could happen that the Yankees and MLB did. Like, why the hell take that away? Like, why? You start at 630, but what about the people that are coming in from work? 
as the infamous scene, infamous meme from 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 social media we've seen where Michael Jordan f them kids. Like this is what MLB literally just just did. They said f them kids. I'm like, wow, okay. So no, so no more six thirty games. No more six thirty turning into yes and like. No. So we're going to start a game at 705 and games in at 11.05. And if you happen to be lucky enough and energetic enough, we can sit up and watch the yes post game. Like, that'll be lovely. <laughs> and be lovely. Classic MLB, too, that, you know, they, they're finally going to have like, you know, 11 a.m. or 11.30 starts or one or like early starts for games, yeah. but it's on Apple TV. So you have to have the freaking subscription oh my to watch games that are finally going to be happening earlier. So it's, it's just, MLB just loves to another loves to underrated aspect of that whole point. MLB is returning to NBC now. Peacock will be predominantly will be the be the exclusive broadcast of of of, of the major league games and whatnot. There'll only be like I think a, a like a minuscule amount of games that'll be on on NBC itself. But it's like why, why? What, 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 peacock like peacock just totally mishandled the olympics too it was the worst app i didn't ever. watch i'm glad uh, i didn't watch it I, I couldn't watch it once the nhl pulled out i was like i have no motivation to watch i'm gonna be honest this every is not time i had to go to the app every time it was a nightmare it's how do, how do companies still get it wrong it's 2022 how because because they're more concerned about eyeballs than the actual product itself that's the that's only true. conclusion I can really um, draw draw to because it, it they're blows. Like, they're like, you know how we can keep people's eyes on this app for really long, make it impossible and frustrating to use, and so it takes them forever to find what they need. Exactly, that's basically what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's looking forward to it. <laughs> I hate it. I just, I, I, I just hate it. I hate to be the grump, that grumpy old old ass man here, but that's <laughs> that's exactly how I feel right about now. Like it, this this is just brutal. Like I mean, good grief! Like what are we honestly doing? Whoa, sorry. Like what are we honestly doing here? Like my gosh, I don't know. It's just nothing matters. MLB just doesn't care. And you know, it's and on mm. one hand, and I, I'm not even like partially. I get the scheduling issues 162 games is a lot of games and it's a lot to get in and every game isn't going to be able to cater to the target audience but the problem is is that it seems like mlb doesn't know who their target audience is even though they've been around for a century and a half because sometimes they cater to boomers sometimes they're trying to cater to kids but really poorly and they end up not catering to anybody because they kind of like sit in the middle or at least attempt to, but you can't. There is too big of a cultural difference between what people in their 60s and 70s like and what kids that are, you know, between the ages of 10 and 18 like in oh, the yeah. year 2022. Did you see this? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just, can I just say I'm really grateful that baseball's back? So this conversation, I'm like, oh, getting nervous. This conversation is news. really about to turn into, into one major, like, bitch fest. And that's the only... Oh, that's Probably the only the only time I say bitch fest on this podcast. Wait, it hasn't been this whole time. <laughs> I'm constantly complaining about it. It actually has. Thank I just you. never Thank officially coined the term bitch fest. Like, I mean, <laughs> any <laughs> podcast with me on it is because I am just the queen of complaining about everything that I love. But here's another here's another thing that just came across that's gonna be worth complaining about. 
AP Sports from the Associated Press, exclusive. Mm-hmm. Home Run Derby, you're not going to believe. This was tweeted four, four hours ago. AP exclusive. Home Run Derby could, be, could decide All-Star Game winner with labor pack reading. If the All-Star Game remains tied after nine innings, the game will be decided by a Home Run Derby be- between the teams. I love that. I don't hate I it, but awesome. huh? I love that. I think that's great because the all-star game doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it means nothing it, now. And it means absolutely nothing. So yeah. I don't want to watch the all-star team go to 10, 11, 12 innings. I don't want to watch my guys get fatigued because they're trying to play a game and hey, they have to play Emily, more than two innings. Want to relive 2002 together? <laughs> what? Wait, what happened? Tie, you remember the tied all star game Holy. we had in 2002? <laughs> and then that makes it even That's why worse. I said you want to relive 2002 together? Because exactly. that, that was horrible. Imagine if Twitter existed in 2002 when that happened. The <laughs> anger and the, the absolute fervor pitch anger that baseball fans would, would unleash would probably pale in comparison to what we're seeing today or what we saw during the lockout. Like, I mean, Goodness grief. And you know what's funny is that I totally forgot about that, as did most people in the replies that I saw under the AP tweet about yeah. that. Because people, you know, people like really force themselves to be upset about things. So people were obviously forcing themselves to be upset Anything about that. Anything to cry and complain about. Right. And they clearly forgot, as I did, that they don't really play the extra innings anyway. So if you want a winner, you might as well do this. And the game doesn't matter. It's for fun. So who cares? The oh, home run yeah. derby is the best part of the all-star weekend. It's the best like special event out of all the all-star games I'd say. And mm. cause uh, apparently, I mean, I don't watch the NBA much. Um, I know the dunk cost test used to be awesome, but now I hear that it's not that great anymore. So I think that the home run derby reigns supreme. So might as well do a mini one during the mm. all-star game. And it'll be funny because you know, the guys who do the derby, they aren't necessarily all-stars. So oh, yeah. it'll be really interesting to see who gets pulled off the bench for the home run derby maybe they'll do just pitchers since pitchers won't be hitting anymore nope there's oh, it just man. goes all night then no one can hit a home run i'm so glad i'm sad i'm so glad you brought that up because i feel like that's one of the that was one of the last truly awesome aspects of major league baseball the pitchers hitting and i'm sorry for for all you whining crybabies that are out there if you have forgotten oh crap I'm getting a phone call, but I'm gonna ignore it. Um, probably my what is no, it's probably calling me to congratulate me. It's that's not a complaint. That truly isn't. It's just the timing of it all. But the point I was making is, is that I personally, I personally am of those who was going to miss seeing pitchers hit. We're never gonna forget, or we're never gonna get. Another Bartolo Colon moment ever again. And that makes me mad. You know, like, I remember watching this live. What happened in the summer of 2016? Bartolo Colon, the fattest pitcher in Major League Baseball, hits a home run. You can hear Gary Cohen shocking his voice. Like, holy smokes. We're never going to get that again. We're never going to see guys like, and, and for you youngins, you're not going to remember this name. Michael Owens. Remember him when he used to be with the Arizona Diamondbacks back in the day or, or Cincinnati Reds? No. Rather, like, 
What he hit? He hit three home runs in his career as a pitcher. Yeah, he was a power hitter as a pitcher. Whoa! whoa I mean, whoa, whoa. I Let's mean, that I mean, come on! The, the, For a was, I mean, he, he was a home run hitter for a pitcher. I mean, he wasn't Babe Ruth esque. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't. But, but I'm gonna miss that. Like, I, I, I don't have a problem, but I'm not a fan of just this idea notion and just throw out the pitchers hitting because i want to see pitchers embarrass themselves like i i want to see these lack of athletes that are that are stepping into the the batter's box and facing 95 mile power fastballs that's what i want to see like i am going to miss pitchers wailing at pitchers that are like seven inches outside or a foot outside into the other batter's box like I'm gonna miss seeing that kind of embarrassment. I want to see. I'm gonna miss Cease Sabathia going yard at Dodger Stadium as a Cleveland Indian. I'm gonna miss that. Are you gonna miss um, the pitchers that, like getting on base and then being handed the windbreaker to put on as they yes, on yes, <laughs> not really sliding either. Like just running, trying to hold the bag. Shades of Chad Ho Park all over again. <laughs> oh God! Like it's one of those things that if the game. In a vacuum, that difference was great. Like it was, it was kind of cool that one league had this different rule than the other league. That was very unique to the sport. But because of how the game has evolved, because the game doesn't exist in a vacuum, yeah. Like the movements that they have to do, like a lot, a lot of people, um, not you, a lot of like casual fans who you know are in and out who don't even know there was a lockout you know like they the game looks the same because it's relative so they don't realize like how hard every movement is that these guys have to do swinging the bat running throwing so like i personally am going to be happy to not see jacob Degrom go on the il in june because (laughs) he has an oblique strain for swinging the bat you know what i mean like yeah that's that is the bartolo home runs those are great they're great web gems or whatever they're they're great highlights but Mm. the vast majority of pitchers it's like oh this guy i mean ching ming wong his career ended because of running the freaking bases like that is one of the great tragedies in in yankee recently yankee lore like it really is like I'm amazed that that's not talked about enough now versus back in 2008, 2009. 2009, he was still a pitcher, but but he was literally a walking home on launching pad at the new Yankee Stadium. Like, yeah, it really is a travesty it. how his career ended. It really is. I agree. It was against the Astros of all teams when they were in the National League in 2008. Oh, God. Were they bad then? 2008, probably. Yeah, yeah like, this was like, this was when like, the Astros were just coming off those years. When they had Craig Biggio and I don't know if Carlos Lee, former Major League Slugger, was on that 2008 Astros team, but I know he was with the Astros in 2007. Like, this was the end of the Clemens padded Oswald years. So the Astros were kind of like in the midst of a re- freaking rebuild. They had Michael Bourne as their best, like, best player on the team. Like, gosh, like, oh, yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they went 86 and 75 that year. Yeah, I mean they weren't horrible, but it but they, they were a far cry from what they were in 04, 05. You like you, you get my yeah point. when they got the Yankees. When they got some guys from the Yankees who were juicing. Yeah. And then they went to the World Series and lost to the freaking White Sox at AJ. I mean, I mean that was a that was a pretty damn good like pitching staff they, they ran into. Like that that those four games between John Garland, Mark Burley, freaking Jose Contreras, the ex-Yankee. 
and yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right oh yeah the astros <laughs> my favorite thing one of my favorite things of the lockout so you know how like the teams weren't allowed to tweet about any current players that are in the yes a lot of teams were like doing like old school stuff like oh top players or you know like those memes where it'll be like the first row is five dollars the second row is three dollars and then it's like compile your you know your your best team with fifteen dollars of these all-time astros oh god one of them was andy pettit i was like (laughs) pathetic he was an astro for 15 minutes (laughs) <laughs> yes, what the- that team. And it's not like they're the Rays where they've been around for 25 years. Like they've been around Less for 60 that. years and they had a man on there who's won five World Series with another team. And they're like, this is an all time Astro. Like that is what a what a pathetic. Poverty I feel bad for the fans. Pathetic poverty franchise. Like, seriously, like what 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 a freaking embarrassment. Like it's this, this is just bad. Uh, giving out. uh a gate promotion last year was like an ALCS championship ring. Like, can you imagine they did something like that at Yankee Stadium? I think the outrage would be pretty bad to say the least. Oh my god, people would lose their minds. Apparently, it would actually be fun to see. Yeah, I for the entertainment fact, though, hell yeah, of course. Now let's see who is. <laughs> wow. Um, so apparently Susan Wallman, Yankee um, color analyst for WFAN and the Yankees radio network said on Keith, on my boy, um, keep it fierce. And we had it on a podcast um, less than two months ago. He, she said, she said seven mediocre players don't make a superstar for everyone that thinks Jose Ramirez is walking in here for five guys. You've never heard of before. Like I love Susan Wallman's frankness and, and like, this is, I feel like Yankee fans, us Yankee fans, we're the only fan base that loves to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to get that guy. I'm like, where the hell do they fit? Tell me. Like, and this is why I said what I said recently, that I'm really going to become more of a more of a vocal voice on Yankee Twitter this season because I really need to, to really slap some sense into Yankee fans, that like some Yankee fans who love to get ahead of themselves. That really pissed me off. I mean... You follow me on Twitter. I mean, you 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 you've seen the impact that I have already have on the city of Boston in itself. Like, but Yankee fans eat that voice of reason. I mean, and, yeah. I, and I know Yankee Yankee Twitter is full of plenty of those voices, including yourself and Keith McPherson, WFAN, um, and uh, Joe's McFly um, of Talking Yankees, John Boy Media himself. But my gosh, some some of these Yankee fans out here are like. You, you really wonder, does someone put weed inside of the bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich in the morning <laughs> and decide to tweet wild, complete garbage of what the Yan- they think the Yankees should do? I, I, I just wonder. I love when it's like, this guy sucks. Let's trade him and this other guy that sucks for the best player on this other team. Like, that's how do people Asinine. think that that's like? They're like, Andujar is terrible. Let's trade him and Clint Frazier for Poor Andujar. Speaking of which, real quick. You, yeah, yeah. I, I read the reports earlier about him getting uh, robbed in the Dominican Republic. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely happy that, he, that he's okay, but I, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, inter- but I had to add no. that in there real quick. Like, so it's, it's, a really, it's a really messed up story. Go ahead. Yeah, really scary. I'm glad that he's okay, too, and I don't think anyone got hurt, but... Apparently he's still traveling to New York or to uh sorry, Florida for spring yeah. training either mm-hmm. today or tomorrow. Um, I really, that's tough to have to just 
stay on the grind because I, I hope he gets some help because that is definitely a traumatic experience. Yeah. I would imagine. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I am. Hmm. What is this? Oh, cringe. So here it is. John Heyman. Oh, oh God. Dodgers like, and Braves. Don't you guys just love the owners? At this point, I can't stand. I cannot stand John Heyman. And it's just only out of for silly petty reasons. Not the professional whatsoever, but petty reasons. John Heyman just tweeted out 35 minutes ago saying Dodgers and Braves have been mostly consistent pursuers and most likely landing spots for superstar Freddie Freeman. John Morosi says Dodgers are making push now. It's a surprise that Braves didn't like him long ago. Believe as they've been offering about 140 million for five, but he should get six years. I'm that is exceedingly low, yeah, considering what, what, for five. Yeah, that's exceedingly low, considering. And say what you will, and I, I'm I'm open to have this conversation. It's exceedingly low when you look at what the other free agents have gotten in terms of free agent deals already this offseason pre-lockout. You talk about Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Marcus Simeon got seven years, $175 million. Corey Seager got, what, 10 years and 325 million? Around that number-ish? Six years, 140 for for, for Freddie Freeman? Yeah, I don't think that's good. I mean, the AAV is... is a little low might be there. I think that if if someone's going to try to lock him up until he's only like 37, yeah, they're going to have to come higher than that. Per I year. agree. That he's he at this point in his career, I would imagine he's really looking for job security and he's going to want to have a contract that's going to bring more financial, not, not job security because like he, wherever he goes, he's going to end up being a starting first baseman. But in terms of I money, meant, he like, knows this is the last big, big, big contract he's going to get. Right. Right. And as far as not having to go back as a free agent at 37 years old is what I meant with job security that like gotcha. he's going to want a contract to bring him until he retires. So I think that if someone wants to give him only five years, mm-hmm. they're going to have to go higher than 28 million average annual value. Average annual value enunciate. Great news. Keep McPherson again. Shout out to you, my man. Love you. Susan Woman just confirmed with him on, on the fan that her and John Sterling will be back on road games this season. That's great news for them. Very yes! And Michael K apparently too. The yes, yes! will be on the road. Yeah. And, and the, the yes network teams. I'm like, thank God. Thank God. Because yeah, it's been brutal. I, I blasted Nesson recently, which is the local regional sports network. That's the home for the Red Sox and the Bruins locally. In which they still have their broadcasters, specifically the Bruins. Their broadcasters are still calling games in studio. Which is and crazy it makes me so angry. Like when the Bruins were away on their on their West Coast swing, there was an incident in which that the fire alarm went off at the Nessa Studios um, in Watertown, which is just a suburb of Boston. And they had to switch the broadcast feed from the Nesson feed to the Seattle Kraken feed, which was with John Forsland and JT Brown. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This wouldn't be an issue if they were away. And it blew my mind. So when I saw the news that the Yes Network were going to be sending the guys back on the road again this season, I'm like, thank God. 
let's stop with let's, let's just stop it now. It's not even about COVID. It's like basically it's COVID is money. It's about money at this point. Everybody and their grandma can see that. Like, send the guys back in the road, please. I'm so happy because I know. I don't. I don't know if you remember, but last season in the wild card game was the first time all year John and Susan were on the road to call the game live, which kind of explains the, the, the infamous gaffe by John by by John Sterling um, on John Carlos' uh, long single in that wild card game. Let's not revisit that game, but oh. that stupid wall. You <laughs> <laughs> imagine someone driving on the Grand Central Parkway. Yeah. It's gone. Wait, wait, what? Huh? You imagine it? He did the same thing with the judge home run. They like played a replay, and it, in John Sterling's defense, it fooled me too because I think they cut to a replay, and like mm. the TV, like the the even the broadcasters weren't didn't know that was coming. Yeah. So it seemed like Judge was hitting another home run because they were just replaying the one from previously in the game. Sterling called the home run. It Jeez. is high. It is far. It is a replay. Sorry about that, folks. It was like so painful. <laughs> I'm so glad they're all traveling again. I mean, it's seriously, just been, it is time. Especially like the West Coast games were brutal. It's like you could tell that it's just, you know, like Ryan Ruka or Michael K in the yes trailer booth, or whatever. Or, 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 or the booth at the Yankee morning. Stadium with the with the lights out at the stadium and the only lights that are on is inside the Yankee booth. Like and it's 10.30 at night or at 1 a.m. Eastern time, and they're calling games. And it's like, dude, stop it. Send them on the roll, please. Thanks. Pretty, 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 please. Yeah. I think because now I, they can they can also finally, they can travel with the team, I think, probably this year. Because yeah. that's it's like these networks are so freaking cheap that it's like, well, if they can't go on the team plane, then we're just mm-hmm. not going to send them. Like you, CBS Radio or whatever, the fan, uh, Yes Network can't afford, like, a thousand dollars worth of plane tickets for these four or five people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a whole crew too. I'm definitely simplifying it, but you know what I mean. Of course. No, I I totally I totally get it. I'm just I'm just like, look, um, let us like just stop with the tomfoolery already. Like, and let's just um like get the guys back on the road. Like this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's time another update. Braves made a hundred million dollar profit last year. Freddie Freeman is not the guy to squeeze. The first guy to report it was Eric Fisher, the U.S. editor for Sports Business Group, on the Braves balance sheet. Yeah, as the Braves are a publicly traded company, they're owned by Liberty Media, so they release their Great financial point. statements, mm-hmm. and um, they're the only team that does, and uh it was great. I mean, obviously the Braves won a world series, so they got a nice little boost in revenue towards mm-hmm. the end of the year. But then if everyone listening and you remember correctly, the Braves were not good for the vast majority of last year, they were a 500 team. So yeah. they lost, I think it was reported that they lost maybe 50 million or so from 2020, but then they made a uh, hundred plus in 2021. So teams have already recouped the money lost in 2020. Remember when the owners were Correct. crying poverty, we're going to lose so much money, can't afford it. They've already made that money back in one season. Now imagine how much money the guys make, like the Steinbrenners who have owned teams for 40 years. Mm. So like, I don't even get me started. Don't even get, you're not saying anything. I'm like, don't let me get myself started about the owners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. And the, the whole point of that was like, it was just painful. The whole point of it was, we don't have the money. Shut up. 
you straight you straight face lying lying pieces of crap like really come on now like i'm like hearing quotes from billionaires in my 800 square foot apartment they're like we're poor on their third yacht poor okay poor man problems i'm poor meanwhile sleeping on a yacht overnight okay (laughs) they do the rich guy thing well you know that's that's my net worth isn't cash. It's not all liquid. It's like, shut the fuck up. Just amazing. Just the sheer idiocy. I yeah, swear. At the end of the day, not all of these teams can afford to get whoever they want. <laughs> they better figure this out like now, because the only thing that. <laughs> okay. This is interesting. So Hector Gomez, MLB insider. And sports uh, journalist verified tweeted out the last hour and a half of this recording of this podcast, hearing that the Yankees are willing to pay Carlos Correa that amount or above three million, three hundred million or more. As John Moros reported, the expectation for Correa is that he'll get something like a Lindor deal or better. He's going to get better than a Francisco Lindor deal, I think so. And the yeah, reason, I mean, reason is be because. There. Reason is because I just think that, I mean, we, we throw out the, the cheating scandal thing for a moment. We talk about the value of Carlos Correa. We, all, we obviously know what he, what he brings forward offensively and as, as well as his glove in the, in the infield. If you were to pose the question right now, who's a better defender at short, Lindor or Correa, who, you, who would you say? It, it would be Correa, in my, like, in my, in yeah. my opinion. I want to say I'm going to say Correa just because I am trying to put as much good energy out into the universe. But I think it's I think that it's it's either one, which is to say that they're both two of the best fielding yeah. shortstops in the league. So, but by hair, I think it's I definitely think it's Correa. So, as I am, I think Correa is a better hitter, for sure. Really, mm-hmm. better than Lindor. I think that uh, when it's all said and done, Correa will have had the better career. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll 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 have to check back on that one in fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> fifteen years. Lord willing, we're that we're we're both alive and well. Yeah, seriously. And looks like as of right now, it it is awfully quiet. I'm like, and it's driving me nuts. Like I know. Like why is this is too quiet? It's just way too quiet. So much so for. Oh, it's going to be the craziest free agent frenzy in, in sports history. It's been nothing but crickets. I know. And it's like, listen, since when does MLB and the agents and the players care about, like, impropriety? Just, we don't care if you were talking during the lockout. We all figured you probably were. Like, let's end the formality of, like, let's not say anything as to not give the impression that we were talking, like, since when does MLB care? Come on. Like when when has that ever been a thing? And and, and that's the part that blows my mind. Right. Like, like, give me a break. We all know it was happening. Oh gosh. Because there's no way that guys are going to be making these decisions for themselves and their family that could potentially be, you know, have them where they're going to be for the next seven, eight, nine, ten years in some cases, in a matter of 12 hours. Mm-hmm. They want to be wind and done. They want their they Time want sun, their like the they want major. their filet mignon with the red wine. That's right. They <laughs> want their Yankee iPad that has all the info on it, like Garrett Cole and his Good wife Lord. got when they got wine and dine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. A couple more topics, and 
and and then and then we're, we're just going to end up the recording first and foremost what are we doing like in terms of gary sanchez like why why is he why is he back like the fact that he's i mean i get that i get that for right now that things can change but the fact that he's still a yankee going into 2022 is like i don't hate the guy i want him to succeed but I'm sick and tired of the errors of behind home plate because they really have been driving me nuts for the better part of the last, the last uh, couple of years. Like, although he's gotten better, but he still has those moments. Where you're just like, come on, dog. <laughs> yeah. Gary definitely has his Gary moments. Um, I think that it really boils down to his trade value has never, it's pretty low. Yeah. So you wouldn't get, anything that would necessarily be much better replacement in return. So because of that, it's like his, his ceiling is high, especially offensively Mm -hmm. that it's worth keeping him just because like, you're not going to get anyone better than him. There's no free agents available catching that are better options. So might as well have someone in there. Who's going to have a little bit of pop. Mm, It's a great point. A great point in the sense of you, you still has that power and I'm just curious to see like how he's going to handle the, the the pitching staff because at one point you did see that there was a bit of a um, I don't I won't even say a tiff but more of like a like a like a clear like a clear showing that pitchers were willing to throw the Kyle Higashioka more than the Sanchez himself and I wonder is that going to be a thing going into 2022 again where pitchers are not going to feel comfortable throwing to to Sanchez and I I'm just curious to see how the Yankees are going to handle that yeah I think that's going to be a uh, a game time decision that it's gonna we'll see what happens in spring training you know they're going to gain or lose confidence in the next few weeks with their their catcher so um oh yeah we're this is going to be it you know I I think that I don't know. And to be honest, Gary, he can't, you know, catchers can't start 162 games anyway. So, hey, listen, if if Cole really needs Higashioka, do I love Higgy in the lineup? No, but it's Garrett Cole. Let him do whatever he wants. Let him pitch to whoever he wants. So if that keeps the ace happy, so be it. Everyone else, they'll they'll make do, especially when Gary starts hitting. That's when you'll see the pitchers will be less inclined to need a personal catcher because it'll be very tough for even someone like Garrett Cole to justify taking a hot Gary Sanchez out of the lineup. Of course. And which brings me to the last point. I'm really excited to see like what kind of year Garrett Cole can have in 2022. You're going to have, you're going to have a full season, another full season of Garrett Cole. And last season, he wasn't horrible. He was good. He wasn't horrible. Was he great? Eh, no, nah, not really. Although his strikeout numbers were indicate otherwise. I'm curious to see what the Yankees will have in terms of Cole and Severina at the top of their rotation. Because I'm, I'm not trying to put too much expectation on Severino considering that he hadn't been healthy in nearly two years. So I'm curious to see if Severino and Cole are healthy. 
do you think that this is a, this is a one-two punch in the American League that could make noise in the, in the American League with the likes of of the White Sox, for example, and even the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that Yankee fans really have to be worried about this year because of the fact that the Blue Jays, they are there now. They're there. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, Dante Pichette, um, and as and 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 a, and a couple of other guys who are, who are also like young sluggers, that that team is for real. And then and like and you talk about that rotation of Hunjing Ryu and as well as um as well as um, Alex Manoa. Mm-hmm. That that Blue Jay team is that Blue Jay team is going to be scary. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, having Garrett Cole is everything. Not only is having an ace really important if you want to make deep runs into postseason, but sure, it yeah. takes a lot of pressure off of Severino. So I really like the idea of him not feeling like he has to be that guy because I think that that may have had a lot to do with maybe, you know overthrowing a little bit who knows if it could have led to his injury because he was 24 and he had the weight of being the ace on his shoulders so i like the idea of him not feeling that and listen if the pitching is there because yeah the the blue jays are scary their lineup is arguably the best lineup in the league and their pitching is solid but they don't have someone like garrett cole and someone like garrett cole brings a lot of length to a rotation so when you're able to have an ace I think that if the pitching can lock it down, lock that lineup down, that our pitching can beat their pitching. And our mm. lineup is pretty stacked too. So I, I, I'm still confident that the Blue Jays are still not where they need to be, especially if the Yankees get someone like Correa or Story or Freeman and the Blue Jays. It's actually, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays being as good as they are, and the Red Sox obviously certainly aren't anything to necessarily shake a stick at exactly. either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That the that puts a lot of pressure on the Yankees to make a move and bring in someone big because they need they can't a, a stopgap isn't going to be good enough when you have two other teams that can oh and what the hell I'm forgetting about the Rays two other the Rays too like yeah this, that's this so amazing how we, we, we both forgot about the Rays oh yeah this division's a nightmare so this just solidified it they cannot have Gio Urshela at at shortstop and Luke Voigt at first base. They can't. We'll come in third place in the league. We will miss the playoffs. I'll say that right now. Yeah, and even now with the American League wildcard being the best of three, no longer the single-game elimination anymore. Yeah, like this is a murderer's row of a division where the AL East is the best division in baseball. And and if 2022 is going to be any sort of indication of what we saw in 2021, the Yankees are going to be in a dogfight, no question. They, no one is going to run away, even, even though, even though you know it's easy to rag on the Red Sox because they're they're our rivals and so forth. But the Red Sox, they are a team that even though they have, they have some question marks, don't overlook the Red Sox by any stretch of the imagination, because there's something there's something there with the Red Sox in which that. I look at I look at that rotation currently right now. You're gonna have a, a full year of Chris Sale. That makes a world of a difference. Go look at 2018 when he's healthy and he's right. He's a difference maker for that for that rotation. Oh, yeah. 
but they are they are definitely going to miss um Eduardo Rodriguez. He's he's gone. He's with the Detroit Tigers now. So that that's definitely a question mark there in the rotation. Like who is going to step up and be able to um like to eat up the innings that Rodriguez gave you? Like you know, for me, I think of guys like like um Garrett Richards who absolutely sucks and much to the chagrin of Red Sox fans and. And and I, I I am curious to see like what the Red Sox are going to do, but I but this AL East division is not a division the Yankees could truly f- afford to fall behind early on because it's going to be a dogfight from day one. Yeah, I mean, what? Obviously, all the wins and all the losses count the same, whether it's from opening day or the last day of the six of mm-hmm. the 162 game season. But when it all was said and done the regular season that is in 2021 not playing well against the Orioles is what screwed the Yankees last year. It's why they ended up tying with the Red Sox and then losing and then being in the wild card game and losing. So the fact that, you know, not having home field advantage, it's because they went like 500 against the freaking Orioles. They played like shit against them in April of last year. So Mm -hmm. they can't let up. It, It can't be, Oh, it's only April. I mean, sure. There's time to make up, lost ground you don't want to be behind the eight ball that back, early yeah especially against teams that you should be beating like the what makes the teams the best at the end of the season is because they beat up teams like that that's yeah. the teams that you're supposed to beat up so when mm-hmm. the yankees aren't doing that they make it very hard for themselves and now that the blue jays aren't just like the babies anymore even though those guys are really young they still right. have now been a team together for a, a few years they're ready to go. They could easily make a run and win the division and, and they could easily get a wild card spot and, and beat the Yankees. Yeah. So it's like the Yankees really have to be ready to go. And part of me, I'm really happy that spring training is short because I usually get tired of spring training after like yeah, especially after two weeks. It's like, why is it yeah, a month like and a half? We start in yeah. February 15th and we, we end up March 30th for opening day. Too damn I long. I know. And so I'm happy about it, but I'm also a little nervous about it because the pitchers do need time to ramp up, Yeah. but everyone is, has the same circumstances. So it can't be the excuse because oh, every I, team has a short spring training. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And, and on that note, time to wrap up the, the recording. Emily, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And on behalf this of great behalf of crime pineapple, this bottle right here. Going for that endorsement deal from Ocean right. Spray. I got to make money somehow. Hell like, yeah. Ocean Spray. Let's go. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Every time I have a great time talking Absolutely. to you. It's great. Absolutely. Like, this time was no difference. <laughs>